Section 8 of Heroines Every Child Should Know. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Heroines Every Child Should Know. Edited by Hamilton Wright Maybe and Kate Steffens. Catherine Douglas. The Tragedy of James I of Scots. 20th February. 1437. Note. Tradition says that Catherine Douglas, in honor of her heroic act, when she barred the door with her arm against the murderers of James I of Scots, received popularly the name of Barless. The name remains to her descendants, the Barless family, in Scotland, who bear for their crest a broken arm. She married Alexander Lovell of Boluni. A few stanzas from King James's lovely poem, known as the King's Quahar, are quoted in the course of this ballad. I, Catherine, am a Douglas born, a name to all Scots dear, and Kate Barless they've called me now, through many a waning year. This old arm's withered now, t'was once most deft mong maidens all, to rein the steed, to wing the shaft, to smite the palm-play ball in hall adown the close-linked dance it has shone most white and fair it has been the rest for a true lord's head and many a sweet babe's nursing bed and the bar to a king's chamber ay lasses draw round kate barless and hark with bated breath how good king james king robert's son was foully done to death through all the days of his gallant youth the princely james was pent by his friends at first and then by his foes in long imprisonment for the elder prince the kingdom's heir by treason's murderous brood was slain and the father quaked for the child with the royal mortal blood ay the bass-rock fort by his father's care was his childhood's life assured and henry the subtle bolingbroke proud england's king neath the southron yoke his youth of long years immured yet in all things meet for a kingly man himself did he approve and the nightingale through his prison wall taught him both lore and love for once when the bird's song drew him close to the opened window-pane in her bowers beneath a lady stood a light of life to his sorrowful mood like a lily amid the rain and for her sake to the sweet bird's note he framed a sweeter song more sweet than ever a poet's heart gave yet to the english tongue she was a lady of royal blood and when past sorrow and teen he stood where still through his crownless years his scottish realm had been at scone were the happy lovers crowned a heart-wed king and queen but the bird may fall from the bough of youth and song be turned to moan a love's storm-cloud be the shadow of hate when the tempest waves of a troubled state are beating against a throne yet well they loved and the god of love whom well the king had sung might find on earth no truer hearts his lowliest swains among from the days when first she rode abroad with scottish maids in her train i catherine douglas won the trust of my mistress sweet queen jane and oft she sighed to be born a king 
and oft along the way when she saw the homely lovers pass she said alack the day years waned the loving and toiling years england's wrong renewed drove james by outrage cast on his crown to the open field of feud twas when the king and his host were met at the leaguer of roxborough hold the queen o'er the sudden sought his camp with a tale of dread to be told and she showed him a scarlet letter writ that spoke of treasonous strife and how a band of his noblest lords were sworn to take his life and it may be here or it may be there in the camp or the court she said but for my sake come to your people's arms and guard your royal head quoth he tis the fifteenth day of the siege and the castle's nigh to yield o face your foes on your throne she cried and show the power you wield and under your scottish people's love you shall sit as under your shield at the fair queen's side i stood that day when he bade them raise the siege and back to his court he sped to know how the lords would meet their liege but when he summoned his parliament the lowering brows hung round like the clouds that circle the mountain head ere the first low thunders sound for he had tamed the nobles lust and curbed their power and pride and reached out an arm to right the poor through scotland far and wide and many a lordly wrongdoer by the headsman's axe had died twas then unspoke sir robert graney that bold or mastering man o king in the name of your three estates i set you under their ban for as your lords made oath to you of service and fealty even in like wise you pledged your oath their faithful sire to be yet all we here that are nobly sprung have mourned dear kith and kin since first from the scottish barons curse did your bloody reign begin with that he laid his hands on his king is this not so my lords but of all who had sworn to league with him not one spake back to his words quoth the king thou speakest but for one estate nor doth it avow thy gage let my liege lords hail this traitor hence then grainy filled dark with rage who works for lesser men than himself he earns but a witless wage but soon from the dungeon where he lay he won by privy plots and forth he fled with a price on his head to the country of the wild scots and word there came from sir robert Graney to the king at edinburgh no liege of mine thou art but i see from this day forth alone in thee god's creature my mortal foe through thee are my wife and children lost my heritage and lands and when my god shall show me a way thyself my mortal foe i will slay with these my proper hands against the coming of christmas tide that year the king bade call i.e the black friars charter house of perth a solemn festival and we of his household rode with him in a close-ranked company but not till the sun had shrunk from his throne did we reach the scottish sea that eve was clenched for a brooding storm neath a toilsome moon half seen the clouds stooped low and the surf rose high and where there was a line of the sky wild wings loomed dark between and on a rock of the black beach side by the veiled moon dimly lit there was something seemed to heave with life and the king drew nigh to it and was it only the tossing firs or break of the waste sea-world 
or was it an eagle bent to the blast when near we came we knew it at last for a woman tattered and old but it seemed as though by a fire within her riven limbs were wrung and as soon as the king was close to her she stood up gaunt and strong twas then the moon sailed clear of the rack on high in her hollow dome and still as aloft with hoary crest each clamorous wave rang home like fire in snow the moonlight blazed amid the champing foam and the woman held his eyes with her eyes o king thou art come at last but thy wraith has haunted the scottish sea to my sight for four years past four years it is since first i met twixt the dutray and the dew a shape whose feet clung close in a shroud and that shape for thine i knew a year again and on inchkeith isle i saw thee pass in the breeze with the cree cloth risen above thy feet and wound about thy knees and yet a year in the links of forth as a wanderer without rest thou camest with both thine arms in the shroud that clung high up thy breast and in this hour i find thee here and well mine eyes may note that the winding sheet hath passed thy breast and risen around thy throat and when i meet thee again o king that of death hath such sore draught except thou turn again on the shore the winding sheet shall have moved once more and covered thine eyes and mouth o king whom poor men bless for their king of thy fate be not so fain but these my words for god's message take and turn thy steed o king for her sake who rides beside thy reign while the women spoke the king's horse reared as if it would breast the sea and the queen turned pale as she heard on the gale the voice die dolorously when the woman ceased the steed was still but the king gazed on her yet and in silence save for the wail of the sea his eyes and her eyes met at last he said god's ways are his own man is but shadow and dust last night i prayed by his altar-stone to-night i wend to the feast of his son and in him i set my trust i have held my people in sacred charge and have not feared the sting of proud men's hate to his will resigned who has but one same death for a hind and one same death for a king and if god in his wisdom have brought close the day when i must die that day by water or fire or air my feet shall fall in the destined snare wherever my road may lie what man can say but the fiend hath sent thy sorcery on my path my heart with the fear of death to fill and turned me against god's very will to sink in his burning wrath the woman stood as the train rode past and moved not limb nor eye and when we were shipped we saw her there still standing against the sky as the ship made way the moon once more sank slow in her rising pall and i thought of the shrouded wraith of the king and i said the heavens know all and now ye lasses must ye hear how my name is kate barlass but a little thing when all the tale is told of the weary mass of crime and woe which in scotland's realm god's will let come to pass twas in the charter house of perth that the king and all his court were met the christmas feast being done for solace and disport twas a wind-wild eve in february 
and against the casement pane the branches smote like summoning hands and muttered the driving rain and when the wind swooped over the lift and made the whole heaven frown it seemed a grip was laid on the walls to tug the housetop down and the queen was there more stately fair than a lily in garden set and the king was loath to stir from her side for as on the day when she was his bride even so he loved her yet and the earl of athol the king's false friend sat with him at the board and robert stuart the chamberlain who had sold his sovereign lord yet the traitor christopher chambord there would fain have told him all and vainly four times that night he strove to reach the king through the hall but the wine is bright at the goblet's brim though the poison lurk beneath and the apples still are red on the tree within whose shade may the adder be that shall turn thy life to death there was a knight of the king's fast friends whom he called the king of love and to such bright cheer and courtesy that name might best behoove and the king and queen both loved him well for his gentle knightliness and with him the king as that eve wore on was playing at the chess and the king said for he thought to jest and soothe the queen near by in a book tis writ that this same year a king shall in scotland die and i have pondered the matter o'er and this have i found sir hugh there are but two kings on scottish ground and those kings are i and you and i have a wife and a new-born heir and you are yourself alone so stand your stark at my side with me to guard our double throne for here i sit and my wife and child as well your heart shall approve in full surrender and soothfastness beneath your kingdom of love and the knight laughed and the queen too smiled but i knew her heavy thought and i strove to find in the good king's jest what cheer might thence be wrought and i said my liege for the queen's dear love now sing the song that of old you made when a captive prince you lay and the nightingale sang sweet on the spray in windsor's castle hall then he smiled the smile i knew so well when he thought to please the queen the smile which under all bitter frowns of hate that rose between for ever dwelt at the poet's heart like the bird of love unseen and he kissed her hand and he took his harp and the music sweetly rang and when the song burst forth it seemed twas the nightingale that sang worship ye lovers on this may of bliss your calends are begun sing with us away winter away come summer the sweet season and sun awake for shame your heaven is won and amorously your heads lift all thank love that you to his grace doth call but when he bent to the queen and sang the speech whose praise was hers it seemed his voice was the voice of the spring and the voice of the bygone years the fairest and the freshest flower that ever i saw before that hour the which o the sudden made to start the blood of my body to my heart ah sweet are ye a worldly creature or heavenly thing in form of nature and the song was long and richly stored with wonder and beauteous things and the harp was tuned to every change of mistral ministerings but when he spoke of the queen at the last its strings were his own heart strings unworthy but only of her grace 
upon love's rock that's easy and sure in guerdon of all my love's space she took me her humble creature thus fell my blissful adventure in youth of love that from day to day floureth i knew and further i say to wreck all the circumstance as it happens when lesser gan my sore of my rancor and woeful chance it were too long i have done therefore and of this flower i say no more but unto my help her heart hath tended and even from death her man defended i even from death to myself i said for i thought of the day when she had borne him the news at roxborough's siege of the fell confederacy but death even then took aim as he sang with an arrow deadly bright and the grinning skull lurked grimly aloof and the wings were spread far over the roof more dark than the winter night yet truly along the amorous song love's high pomp and state there were words of fortune's trackless doom and the dreadful face of fate and oft have i heard again in dreams the voice of dire appeal in which the king sang of the pit that is under fortune's wheel and under the wheel beheld i there an ugly pit as deep as hell that to behold i quaked for fear and this i heard that who therein fell came up no more tidings to tell whereat astound of the fearful sight i wist not what to do for fright and oft has my thought called up again these words of the changeful song wouldst thou thy pain and thy travail to come well mightest thou weep and wail and our wail o god is long but the song's end was all of his love and well his heart was graced with her smiling lips and her tear-bright eyes and his arm went round her waist and on the swell of her long fair throat close clung the necklet chain as he bent her pearl-teared head aside and in the warmth of his love and pride he kissed her lips full fain and her true face was a rosy red the very red of the rose that couched on the happy garden bed in the summer sunlight glows and all the wondrous things of love that sang so sweet through the song were in the look that met in their eyes and the look was deep and long twas then a knock came at the outer gate and the usher sought the king the woman you met by the scottish sea my liege would tell you a thing and she says that her present need for speech will bear no gainsaying and the king said the hour is late to-morrow will serve i ween then he charged the usher strictly and said no word of this to the queen but the usher came again to the king shall i call her back quoth he for as she went on her way she cried woe woe then the thing must be and the king paused but he did not speak then he called for the voidy cup and as we heard the twelfth hour strike thereby true lips and false lips alike was the draught of trust drained up so with reverence meet to king and queen to bed went all from the board and the last to leave the courtly train was robert stuart the chamberlain who had sold his sovereign lord and all the locks of the chamber door had the traitor riven and brassed and that fate might win sure way from afar he had drawn out every bolt and bar that made the entrance fast and now at midnight he stole his way to the moat of the outer wall 
and laid strong hurdles closely across where the traitor's tread should fall but we that were the queen's bower maids alone were left behind and with heed we drew the curtains close against the winter wind and now that all was still through the hall more clearly we heard the rain that clamoured ever against the glass and the boughs that beat on the pane but the fire was bright in the ingle nook and through empty space around the shadows cast on the area's wall mid the pictures king stood sudden tall like sceptres sprung from the ground and the bed was dight in a deep alcove and as he stood by the fire the king was still in talk with the queen while he doffed his goodly attire and the song had brought the image back of many a bygone year and many a loving word they said with hand in hand and head laid to head and none of us went anear but love was weeping outside the house a child in the piteous rain and as he watched the arrow of death he wailed for his own shafts close in the sheath that never should fly again and now beneath the wind arose a wild voice suddenly and the king reared straight but the queen fell back and for bitter duel to dree and all of us knew the woman's voice who spoke by the scottish sea o king she cried in an evil hour they drove me from thy gate and yet my voice must rise to thine ears but alas it comes too late last night at mid-watch by abdur when the moon was dead in the skies o king in a death-light of thine own i saw thy shape arise and in full season as erst i said the doom had gained its growth and the shroud had risen above thy neck and covered thine eyes and mouth and no moon woke but the pale dawn broke and still thy soul stood there and i thought its silence cried to my soul as the first rays crowned its hair since then have i journeyed fast and fain in very despite of fate least hope might still be found in god's will but they drove me from thy gate for every man on god's ground o king his death grows up from his birth in the shadow plant perpetually end thine towers high a black yew tree o'er the charter house of perth that room was built far out of the house and none but we in the room might hear the voice that rose beneath nor the tread of the coming doom for now there came a torchlit glare and a clang of arms there came and not a soul in that space but thought of the foe sir robert Graeme. yea from the country of the wild scots or mountain valley and glen he had brought with him in murderous league three hundred armed men the king knew all in an instant's flash and like a king did he stand but there was no armor in all the room nor weapon lay to his hand and all we women flew to the door and thought to have made it fast but the bolts were gone and the bars were gone and the locks were riven and brassed and he caught the pale pale queen in his arms as the iron footsteps fell then loosed her standing alone and said our bliss was our farewell and twixt his lips he murmured a prayer and he crossed his brow and breast and proudly in royal hardihood even so with folded arms he stood the prize of the bloody quest then on me leaped the queen like a deer o catherine help she cried and low at his feet we clasped his knees together side by side o oh, even a king for his people's sake 
from treasonous death must hide for her sake most i cried and i marked the pang that from my words could ring and the iron tongs from the chimney nook snatched and held to the king wrench up the plank and the vault beneath shall yield safe harbouring with brows low bent from my eager hand the heavy heft did he take and the plank at his feet he wrenched and tore and as he frowned through the open floor again i said for her sake then he cried to the queen god's will be done for her hands were clasped in prayer and down he sprang to the inner crypt and straight we closed the plank he had ripped and toiled to smooth it fair alas in that vault a gap once was where through the king might have fled but three days since close walled had it been by his will for the ball would roll therein when without at the palm he played then the queen cried catherine keep the door and i to this will suffice at her word i rose all dazed to my feet and my heart was fire and ice and louder ever the voices grew and the tramp of men in mail until to my brain it seemed to be as though i tossed on a ship at sea in the teeth of a crashing gale then back i flew to the rest and hard we strove with sinews knit to force the table against the door but we might not compass it then my wild gaze sped far down the hall to the place of the hearthstone still and the queen bent ever above the floor for the plank was rising still and now the rush was heard on the stair and god what help was our cry and was i frenzied or was i bold i looked at each empty stanchion hold and no bar but my arm had i like iron felt my arm as though the staple i made it pass alack it was flesh and bone no more twas catherine douglas sprang to the door but i fell back kate barlass with that they all thronged into the hall half dim to my failing kin and the space that was but a void before was a crowd of wrathful men behind the door i had fallen and lay yet my sense was wildly aware and for all the pain of my shattered arm i never fainted there even as i fell my eyes were cast where the king leaped down to the pit and lo the plank was smooth in its place and the queen stood far from it and under the litters and through the bed and within the presses all the traitors sought for the king and pierced the areas around the wall and through the chamber they ramped and stormed like lions loose in the lair and scarce could trust to their very eyes for behold no king was there then one of them seized the queen and cried now tell us where is thy lord and he held the sharp point over her heart she drooped not her eyes nor did she start but she answered never a word then the sword half pierced the true true breast but it was Grammy's own son cried this is a woman we seek a man and away from her girdle zone he struck the point of the murderous steel and that foul deed was not done and forth flowed all the throng like a sea and twas empty space once more and my eyes sought out the wounded queen as i lay behind the door and i said dear lady leave me here for i cannot help you now but fly while you may and none shall wreck of my place here lying low and she said my catherine god help thee then she looked to the distant floor and clasping her hands o oh, god help him she sobbed 
for we can no more but god he knows what help may mean if it mean to live or to die and what sore sorrow and mighty moan on earth it may cost ere yet a throne be filled in his house on high and now the ladies fled with the queen and through the open door the night wind wailed round the empty room and the rushes shook on the floor and the bed dropped low in the dark recess when thence the arrays went awry and the fireplace still shone over the space where our hidden secret lie and the rain had ceased and the moonbeams lit the windows high in the wall bright beams that on the plank that i knew through the painted pane did fall and gleamed with the splendour of scotland's crown and shield immemorial but then a great wind swept up the skies and the climbing moon fell back and the royal blazon fled from the floor and not remained on its track and high in the darkened window-pane the shield and the crown were black and what i say next i partly saw and partly i heard in sooth and partly since from the murderer's lips the torture wrung the truth for now again came the armed tread and fast through the hall it fell but the throng was less and ere i saw by the voice without i could tell that robert stuart had come with them who knew that chamber well and over the space the grimy strode dark with his mantle round him flung and in his eye was a flaming light but not a word on his tongue and stuart held a torch to the floor and he found the thing he sought and they slashed the plank away with their swords and o oh god i fainted not and the traitor held his torch in the gap all smoking and smouldering and through the vapour and fire beneath in the dark crypt's narrow ring with a shout that pealed to the room's high roof they saw their naked king half naked he stood but stood as one who yet could do and dare with the crown the king was stripped away the knight was reft of his battle array but still the man was there from the rout then stepped a villain forth sir john hall was his name with a knife unsheathed he leapt to the vault beneath the torchlit flame of his person and stature was the king a man right manly strong and mightily by the shoulder blades his foe to his feet he flung then the traitor's brother sir thomas hall sprang down to work his worst and the king caught the second man by the neck and flung him above the first and he smote and trampled them under him and a long month thence they bear all black their throats with the grip of his hands when the hangman's hand came there and sore he strove to have had their knives but the sharp blades gashed his hands o oh, james so armed thou hadst battled there till help had come of thy bands and oh once more thou hadst held our throne and ruled thy scottish lands but while the king o'er his foes still raged with a heart that naught could tame another man sprang down to the crypt and with his sword in his hands hard gripped there stood sir robert Grainy. now shame on the recreant traitorous heart who durst not face his king till the body unarmed was wearied out with twofold combating ah well might the people sing and say as oft ye have heard aright o robert Grainy, o robert Grainy, who slew our king god give thee shame for he slew him not as a knight and the naked king turned round at bay but his strength had passed the goal 
and he could but gasp mine hour is come but oh to succour thine own soul's doom let a priest now shrive his soul and the traitor looked on the king's spent strength and said have i kept my word yea king the mortal pledge that i gave no black friar shrift thy soul shall have but the shrift of this red sword with that he smote his king through the breast and all their three in the pen fell on him and stabbed him and stabbed him there like merciless murderous men yet seemed it now that sir robert Graeme, ere the king's last breath was o'er turned thick at heart with the deadly sight and would have done no more but a cry came from the troop above if him thou do not slay the price of his life that thou dost spare thy forfeit life shall pay o oh god what more did i hear or see or how shall i tell the rest but there at length our king lay slain with sixteen wounds in his breast o oh god and now did a bell boom forth and the murderers turned and fled too late too late o oh god did it sound and i heard the true men mustering round and the cries and the coming tread but ere they came to the black death gap somewise did i creep and steal and lo or ever i swooned away through the dusk i saw where the white face lay in the pit of fortune's wheel and now ye scottish maids who have heard dread things of the days grown old even at the last of true queen jane may somewhat yet be told and how she dealt for her dear lord's sake dire vengeance manifold twas in the charter house of perth in the fair-lit death chapelle that the slain king's corpse on briar was laid with chaunt and requiem knell and all with royal wealth of balm was the body purified and none could trace on the brows and lips the death that he had died in his robes of state he lay asleep with orb and sceptre in hand and by the crown he wore on his throne was his kingly forehead span in girls twas a sweet sad thing to see how the curling golden hair as in the days of the poet's youth from the king's crown clustered there and if all had come to pass in the brain that throbbed beneath those curls then scots had said in the days to come that this their soil was a different home and a different scotland girls and the queen sat by him night and days and oft she knelt in prayer all wan and pale in the widow's veil that shrouded her shining hair and i had got good help of my hurt and only to me some sign she made and save the priests that were there no face would she see but mine and the month of march wore on apace and now fresh couriers fared still from the country of the wild scots with news of the traitor snared and still as i told her day by day her parlour changed to sight and the frost grew to a furnace flame that burnt her visage white and evermore as i brought her word she bent to her dead king james and in the cold ear with fire-drawn breath she spoke the traitor's names but when the name of sir robert Graeme was the one she had to give i ran to hold her up from the floor for the froth was on her lips and sore i feared that she could not live and the month of march wore nigh to its end and still was the death-pall spread for she would not bury her slaughtered lord till his slayers all were dead 
and now of their dooms dread tidings came and of torments fierce and dire and not she spake she had ceased to speak but her eyes were a soul on fire but when i told her the bitter end of the stern and just award she leaned o'er the briar and thrice three times she kissed the lips of her lord and then she said my king they are dead and she knelt on the chapel floor and whispered low with a strange proud smile james james they suffered more last she stood up to her queenly height but she shook like an autumn leaf as though the fire wherein she had burned then left her body and all was turned to winter of lifelong grief and oh james she said my james she said alas for the woeful thing that a poet true and a friend of man in desperate days of bale and ban should needs be born a king end of section eight